welcome to Being Professional English Podcasts, podcast number 61, Resume Writing and LinkedIn. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome to the first podcast in six months. I'm not going to bother to apologise for my lack of output because I apologised last time for my lack of output and then it still only took me, or still took me, another six months to come up with a podcast. I will try harder. Okay, so we are going to talk today about resume writing and a connection with LinkedIn. The reason I'm going to talk about this is because in the last couple of months, I must have had 20 people ask me, either directly, uh, in person or via email, to help them with uh, redoing their CV or resume, and also having a look at uh, LinkedIn. Although I have done a podcast on writing your international resume, I did it uh, nearly two year, over two years ago now, in January 2012. I thought I would redo this today, uh, given what seems to have been a recent surge of interest. Maybe that that is because of the, the, the poor state of the Italian economy that people are starting to look around um, at their CV. So today there's going to be three different parts. The first one is what to consider before writing. So actually before you sit down and write out your resume, what you must have already done and the type of mindset you have to have before you start putting any pen to paper pen to paper, that's an old-fashioned expression. These days it's fingers to keyboards, but I'm sure you know what I mean. The second part is keeping it simple, where I will look at both the language to use. Remember, this is being professional in English, so it will be concise, professional, and easy to remember. I'm going to look at keeping it simple with the layout, keeping it simple with the content, what you actually put in it. And lastly, I'm going to look at LinkedIn and the, the particular connection with jobs and the resume in the future there. What to consider before writing? What is the purpose of writing a resume? The first step you need to think, really, when you're doing anything. What's the purpose? What am I trying to achieve? Because that will dictate exactly how you will come up with the correct output to this, this, this issue, this problem. Some people say, a lot of people say, it's to share information. It's to introduce yourself. And that's completely wrong. Rubbish. It's not to share information because... The person who's reading the curriculum vitae, the CV, the resume, the person who's reading it doesn't give a damn, doesn't care. He or she has 20, 30, 
to look through that day, maybe even 200 if it's a larger company. Even I've, I've even heard of some companies receiving thousands of applications for a particular job. And they, this person doesn't care, doesn't care. So it's not about sharing information. It's not about introducing yourself. The person reading it doesn't want to be introduced to, to 200 different people. The sole purpose of writing a resume, the only purpose of writing a resume, is so that you obtain an interview. So that you get the chance to meet face-to-face, or via telephone if we're talking at distance, the person who is deciding upon that role. That is the only reason you are writing a resume, and that has to remain in your head. Once you've got that purpose in in mind and very, very strongly ingrained upon what you're doing, you need to think about the questions that need to be answered. The first and foremost is accomplishments. Accomplishments, or what you have achieved, are without doubt, the most important thing you put on a resume. Now, if you've been in a job for some time, let's say you've been in a job for, I mean, let's say you've been in a job for two years. I know for some people that's going to seem nothing, but, you know, where I come from in London, uh, people move jobs quite often. But let's say you've been in a job for two years, or let's say you You've been in a job for 20 years. And now, for whatever reason, either via redundancy or because you've got a terrible boss and you hate the culture and what was promised to you wasn't exactly the truth and you want to change, you're sitting down to write out your resume. And you found yourself to the British, sorry, to the Being Professional English website either via iTunes or you've come directly to our website, and you're listening to this and you're thinking, bloody hell, what have I accomplished over the last two or 20 years? You're either going to have two two roots with this. You're either going to get immediately depressed about, <laughs> about what you've been doing for the last uh, part of your life, or you're going to have a really hard time remembering what you've achieved. Now, I know I'm getting old. I'm nearly 50. Uh, I think I'm 40. I'm 48 now. Yeah, 48 now. And I know I'm getting old. And I know things are starting to fall off and, you know, gravity is taking effect. And I've way over past the point where I have the greatest number of brain cells that are operating, my memory is going. There is no way that I can remember exactly what I achieved in the correct context if I look back six months, let alone if I look back six years. And I'm sure everyone is the same. Maybe not as bad as me, but I'm sure a lot of people are the same. The only way you do you get around this is you update on an Excel file or a Word document or wherever you want to do it, you update every three months what you have achieved. 
Now, if you've achieved nothing in those three months, you are either in the wrong job, obviously, or you're not trying hard, hard enough to think about what you've achieved. And depending on your level in the company, the, the, the accomplish, accomplishments are going to be diff, different. If you're the CEO or the founder, it's going to be different from if you are the, um, the secretary. That's not to say that the two positions are not equally important. Remember what I said once on a, on a podcast that the secretary or the person who first greets a visitor to the company uh, has an, a tremendous effect on how that visitor feels about the company and is extremely important, can actually make the life of the sales representative, the product manager, the CEO, the founder, can actually make the meeting that's going to take place either be very much more positive or not so. Anyway, I digress, as usual. You have to update your accomplishments every three months. Otherwise, you're never going to remember what you've done when you come around to doing it. And the reason that accomplishments are so important is because titles mean absolutely nothing. Uh, if you are the, the COO of a company, it means nothing. Who cares what your position is? If you're the chief marketing manager, who cares? What's important is while you had that title, whatever it happens to be, what did you achieve in it? And see, from that comes how you can specifically add value to the company or companies that you are, the new companies you're looking at. And so you can look at this list and you can, it gives you the opportunity to choose the accomplishments which demonstrate to the prospective new employer that you have achieved what the new employer wants now to achieve. Okay? So you're, you're, every three months you're updating this file so that it gives you the background font of knowledge to make your resume stand out from the crowd. The other thing you have to think about before starting to writing is keywords. Keywords, uh, particularly on LinkedIn, are becoming more important. Keywords means that in particular sectors, when the company does a search for people, it will be searching out these keywords. The keywords change, as you know, uh, for each sector, they're gonna be different. I am sure that in your sector, you know what those keywords are. And um, if you don't, you can just go to any website of the company you are looking to join and look through their, their website and you'll get a very clear idea and a very quick idea as to what, what are the key principles and keywords behind it. And those keywords you have to make sure that are written. So you've done all that work. You're ready to start. And the people I'm talking to here are people whose English is not their first language. So they are looking to be professional in English. The whole reason that being professional in English exists and has been successful so far. 
So keeping it simple, the first one, the language itself. The first thing to remember is to only use the simple past tense. Now I hate talking about grammar, but the simple past tense, I'm sure everyone here knows, everyone here, everyone who's listening to this, um, because I know it, obviously I'm with anyone here, but everyone listening to it, to this podcast, knows the simple past tense in English. It's the, it's the simplest. Um, it's not always easy to pronounce, obviously, because there's three different um, ways of pronouncing the end, but we're talking about writing here. So it's simple past tense. So you use words like achieved. Uh, example, achieved a 20% increase in sales. Or reached. Reached the sales budget uh, every year for six years. Or improved. Improved the sales process, leading to an increase of 20% in sales. So just start, as you're listing your accomplishments, just start with the simple past tense of, of the verb. The wonderful thing about English, one of the wonderful things about English, is that abbreviated sentences are, are, are fine. Even though grammatically they are not correct, they are f absolutely fine. So you don't have to um, have very long, complicated sentences. Uh, example, you don't even have to use the personal pronoun I. It's redundant. You don't say, I achieved an increase in sales of 20%. Or, I reached the sales budget. Uh, it's redundant. It, 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 it's obvious you're talking about yourself. So you don't need it. Uh, but obviously, grammatically, you do. But when you're writing your resume, you don't need it. So it's, it's, it's bullet points. It's very sharp. It's very reduced. Another thing, never, <laughs> never, Use adverbs such as never, always, or very. For a start, never and always do not exist in the real world. You know, I will always love you. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will never move from this company. They just do not exist, right? I mean, they're just, uh, it's silly to use them. Don't use them. Don't use complicated words. Use simple words. The person who is reading this uh, resume is not looking for eloquency in, uh, and poetic brilliance in what they're doing. Similarly, do not look to be creative. I've spoken about this many times in Being Professional English podcasts that 99 times out of 100 in the professional world, when you're using English as your second or third language, you should not try to be creative. It's only going to cause you uh, to make a mistake. And we obviously do not want that. Next, I'd like to go on to look at layout. I did mention this before in the previous podcast I did on resume writing, is that this document must only have one page. 
It must include your name, your address, your date of birth, your contact details, your work accomplishments, your education, and other information. It all has to go on one page. Now, you're going to, some people are going to say to me, well, Mark, I've done 20 years of this, and there's no way I'm going to be able to put it on one page. My reply to that is, you can, you are just not working hard enough to do it. Also, Barack Obama did an exercise um, some years ago where he wrote out his resume and he managed to get it on one page. Now, he's the President of the United States, arguably the most powerful man in the world. He can get his uh, history of his educational and work experience with political experience all on one page. All joking aside about politicians, that's still pretty impressive. He can do it, the most powerful man in the world, so can you, arguably the most powerful man in the world. I would never use a photo. First and foremost, you can't put it if you use a photo, you're going to take up a lot of space and you can't do it. If you are going to use a photograph, and more and more people are doing that, and of course you see it on the LinkedIn, you see it on this social media, so, you know, I'm I'm not going to be 100% firm on this particular idea. If you are going to use a photograph, please, please make it a professional photograph. Now, I don't mean done professionally. I mean that it looks professional. I see some of the profile pictures, particularly on LinkedIn, by some people that I just can't believe. I mean, I really can't believe they will put them on it. And I must admit that this has got to, I've got to say this, particularly for women. Now, I know for women, it's, it's, it's harder. You've got to manage that, that simple balancing line, as always, between being feminine and being professional. Not that that's an oxymoron at all, but, you know, it's difficult in the workplace, which is a male-dominated area. And I can't believe some of the photographs I see. I mean, I won't quote goes as far as to say they're semi-pornographic, but they certainly do not convey the professional person that you want to convey in the podcast. Sorry, not in the podcast, in the, in the, in the resume. If you are going to use a photograph, I'd suggest make it black and white, headshot, maybe upper torso, maximum. That's it. As an example, if you go onto LinkedIn and you search for my for my name, Mark Olding, or you go to the website, Being Professional English, that's the type of photograph I'm talking about. In Europe. I don't know about other areas of the world, but in Europe, there's a tendency to use the resume along the layout of the European passport. Euro, Euro pass, I think they call it. Um, I think this is completely a waste of time. It's obviously been set up by bureaucrats. It's obviously been set up by people who have absolutely no idea of the type of person they want to employ. It's obviously been set up by people who, at the end of the day, don't employ, or sorry, they employ the people maybe, but they don't actually manage them. 
It's terrible. In fact, I would go so far as to say that if a company insists that you send them your resume or curriculum vitae in that format, I would seriously reconsider whether that company is valid for you. I know we all need a job, we all need to uh, earn money, and maybe some of us are not able to be so picky. I mean, I do get that, I understand it. Nevertheless, if you go into a company that has these types of uh, images they're conveying to the outside world, because let's face it, if your company is asking people, new employees, to do it in that format, that is that is giving a message about your company, which in my view is not particularly positive. So if the company insists on it, <clears throat> think about whether it's valid for you, because you get the job, you earn your money for three months, six months, one year, but you know if those type of behaviours in the company are reminiscent of, of what it's like, you're not going to have a good time. So therefore, my solution to this, if a company insists, and if you consider whether it's valid and you still want to go ahead, is you send two resumes. One in the format they've asked for, and the second one in the format or layout that we are talking now. Okay? Send two. You've got no downside to doing it. In fact, it's going to only be positive for you, because if, on the very unlikely uh, chance that the person looking through all of these resumes will remember that you have sent already one another format that's going to be another reason why they will call, contact you and remember you're writing a resume just to obtain an interview some people in terms of layout are beginning to use a web page you know a personal not quite personal blog but a personal web page and that's fine. It de that very much depends upon the industry. If in your industry that's a that's a common thing to do, then by all means go ahead. In some other industries it's not, and so I wouldn't. If you are going to do it in an industry where it is not common, please make sure it's very good. Right? If you're gonna, if you are going to put your head up above the parapet, as it were, so obviously you better make sure that you know what you're talking about and that it looks good. Layout in terms of using LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is very powerful. I do not think, however, that it's a real resume. It's not real in the sense that you are not replying to a particular advertisement for a job. You are putting your information out there in a very passive manner and therefore in a very general manner. What you write on LinkedIn will not be focused upon obtaining one particular job in one particular company unless you know the exactly the keywords that company uses when it searches on LinkedIn. And since it's unlikely you will do that, yes, you have to be on LinkedIn, I'm there as well, but it's not a real resume. And that has to be remembered in terms of the layout. 
Finally, content. We've looked at the language. Uh, we've looked at uh, the layout. Now the content. Now we've mentioned that already a little bit in the first part of this podcast where I spoke about you have to update your accomplishments. That titles mean nothing. Uh, the name on, on your door, as it were, as to, as to what your position means nothing. It's what you did while you were there that counts. Because that allows you to demonstrate that you can add value. And people change jobs all the time. And it's not that... It's also possible that you can stop adding value to one company after a certain amount of time and then go on to adding value at another company. You have to, in terms of content, as I've said before with the negative part of LinkedIn, you have to focus upon what you are aiming at, the advertisement for that particular job. This is where the accomplishments are so very, very important because here you are able to demonstrate very clearly what you have done which shows you can give this company what they are asking for and this is the technique of how you are able to to abbreviate dramatically your work experience rather than giving 10 different job postings over a period of 25 years if you've been in employment for that length of time you can uh, look at what you've achieved during it and let's say for instance the company you're looking for is asking you uh, asking for someone who has demonstrated leadership qualities you know it's a very classic vague term that a lot of people uh, ask for you look through your accomplishments which you have you know updated every three months and you look through and you see where at least in your point of view you have demonstrated to have shown leadership characteristics and then in the in the cv in the resume you're writing you'll say as a main heading under work experience you'll say um often demonstrated uh, leadership uh, qualities beneath it say 1980 to 1984 i did this at this company 1992 to 1998 i did this in this company do you see what i mean you 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 change the way that the resume is done to be linked into only your accomplishments which are only the things that the company is asking in that way you can dramatically shorten the, the number of pages you're going to write, which, of course, we're aiming to only write one page. You obviously uh, list always your last work experience. So when you're listing the accomplishments, it always has to be the, the most recent, right, the last one. Thereafter, you mentioned education. And lastly, something which often is missing from a great deal of uh, resumes I see is other interests you have to show yourself to be a rounded person there's no good you know showing yourself that you know you're all about work uh, you know you don't have a family let's say for instance uh, which may or may not be your own fault you don't have a family you don't uh, go out and, uh, and play football or, or, or go 
you know, wine tasting with your friends, you don't like films, you don't read books, you don't... I mean, if, if in the other interests you don't give that a lot of attention, it means you're not a very rounded person. And that is important. Increasingly, that will become more important. And, you know, also, I would add, it, it allows the interviewer, when they're interviewing, to talk to you about things which, are, which seem to be less pressurised. They might want to ask you a few questions about your other interests um, before getting into more deeper questions. So you're, you're allowing the interviewer to ease himself or herself into that particular interview, which is very, very good. Going back and then lastly to LinkedIn, um, because a lot of people ask me how to, to, to change their LinkedIn or organize a LinkedIn thing, LinkedIn page. What I'm going to do is that I'm going to give you a live example. If you want, you can go onto LinkedIn, search for my name, Mark Golding, have a look at my profile. Over the next two weeks, uh, I'm going to change that profile. I'm going to update it. I'm going to make it into a far more um, professional profile, listing some of my accomplishments. And I'm going to put a lot more effort into it than I have done so far. So if you go on and have a look over the next couple of days as you listen to this podcast, have a look to see how it's how it's set up, and then see as I change it over the next couple of weeks what it what it turns into and that that way rather than just speaking over the the podcast on what I'm trying to do I am going to give you a live example a real example remember there are there are a lot of people who give advice on LinkedIn um, profiles a lot of people give advice on resumes I'm not trying to say what I what I do is best it's what I do and what I'm going to demonstrate to do in my own LinkedIn profile and let's remember also that a LinkedIn profile is not a real resume, right? Because it's too general, it's not focused upon a particular job, and a lot of the information that you can put onto a resume is proprietary. So you have to be careful. But anyway, that said, I'd like to try this live uh, example, and uh, we'll see how it goes over the next couple of weeks. Please feel free to contact me um, the email address is markolding at beingprofessionalenglish.com uh, being-professional-in-english.com uh, but you can find um, a contact form if you go to the website www.beingprofessionalenglish.com thanks for listening I hope you found it useful and um, speak to you again very soon Bye-bye.